Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to the Hacking Your Potential podcast with Frankie Thomas. Join Frankie and uncover the secrets of those who achieved greatness. Let their wisdom and experience inspire you to transcend mediocrity and strive for excellence. Take the first step towards an extraordinary life and start your journey today. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello, hello. Welcome to another riveting episode of Hacking Your Potential, where we dive deep into the journeys of successful individuals to uncover the secrets of maximizing potential and overcoming challenges. I'm your host, Frankie Thomas. Now, buckle up because our guest today has quite an impressive story to share. A master of many trades, he began his journey in the tech field in 2020, earning an impressive range of CompTIA certificates, the A+, Network+, Security+, Pentest+, CYSA+, Project+, but he didn't stop there. He then garnered his CCSP, AZ900 from Microsoft, and finally his OSCP. These acronyms alone paint a remarkable story of persistence and commitment. Rising from IT coordinator to IT support manager, then to senior technical analysis, he now holds the prestige title of associate penetration tester. But it's not just his work experience that makes Tyler Ramsby inspiring, it's his dedication to helping others. Tyler is the heart and soul of the WorkSmart IT community, from a humble beginning, this community has grown to a force of 1,500 strong and continues to grow every day. Each week, Tyler leads meetings focused on goal setting and mutual accountability, providing mentorship, resume reviews, and interview training. He's committed to fostering career growth for his members. Beyond this, he has an active YouTube channel where he guides viewers through tech-heavy adventures on platforms like Try Hack Me and Hack the Box, creating tutorials on a diverse range of topics like AWS, Rust, and Flaws 2. His interviews with big community players like John Hammond, Infosec Pat, Zach Hill, Heath Adams, and many more are a testament to his reach and influence. His discipline passion and sheer ability to juggle work community building, content creation and fatherhood is not only impressive but awe-inspiring. It's this level of dedication and discipline that makes Tyler Ramsby one of the most motivating individuals I've encountered. And the cherry on the top, he makes it all look easy. So ladies and gentlemen, let's dive in and find out just how he does it. Please join me in welcoming the incredibly accomplished Tyler Ramsby. Tyler, thanks for joining me on the show today. So I want to jump straight into how the hell did you get all of these certifications in such a small amount of time? It's really impressive. I'd love to know how you did it. Yeah, it's been uh it's been a journey. So uh my my journey kind of in a nutshell is I was in pastoral ministry out of all places. So I worked in a church full time, actually started and planted a church and was there for about uh, 10 years. And then what, what eventually happened? Well, even when I was in the church, I live in a small town. So I live in a town of like a thousand people, right? So even in the church world, it was not a big church. I was always working jobs on the side just to uh, pay bills. And IT was always an interest of mine going back to the high school and cybersecurity and all that stuff. I actually got in trouble with computers, got banned from using computers in high school. There wasn't really ethical hacking back then. It was just, you know, uh, bad hacking type stuff. 
So that's when my journey really started. But then I pivoted into the church world and was in the church world up until, uh, you know, some minor event happened worldwide called the COVID-19 pandemic, which I think everybody has heard about, experienced. And what happened with the COVID-19 pandemic, at least for churches, is it really decreased attendance uh, pretty significantly. And here in the States, there was a lot of just really deep division uh, around everything with with COVID and just got kind of burnt out on that world. And I told my wife one day, yo, I'm going to I'm going to just I'm going to go into IT and just see what happens. I'm going to go get a degree. So I already had a degree in business and a master's degree in uh, theology. And I was like, let me just go get a degree in cybersecurity. And I don't know, see, see what happens. So I went to WGU, Western Governors University, which is a competency based educational model. Uh, so fully accredited, but you can accelerate your degree if you're able to stay focused and on task. Most people still take four years to get their degree, but I knew that I saw the writing on the wall and I needed uh, you know, to pay bills. So I got my degree in seven months. And in those seven months, I also got the A+, Network+, Plus, Security+, Plus, Pentest+, Plus, CYSA, Project+. Plus. I'm probably missing a few of them, but all the, the certs are all included in the degree program. So just as I was working towards my degree, I got a whole bunch of certifications. Uh, Once I graduated, that's when I got the CCSP, which is Certified Cloud Security Professional, the AZ-900, which is just like an introductory to Azure. And then my most recent cert was this past December. And that's when I sat for and passed the OSCP. Uh, So that's kind of my educational background in a nutshell. And right now I work as a penetration tester full time. Uh, for Rhino Security Labs. I make a bunch of content on the side and yeah, a little bit of everything, honestly. I have a lot of, lot of interests. Yeah, well, even your, um, even your sort of like work history is impressive. How you've gone from like IT coordinator all the way to penetration tester. No, I was going to say, that's, that's been about two years. So it was, uh, it was a, quicker, a quicker journey than I was expecting, but that was my end goal in mind. Uh, I think two years ago, I was IT support level one. So kind of the lowest of the food chain in the IT support world and telling people, yo, did you restart your computer? And yeah, now I get to hack stuff. It's pretty awesome. That is awesome. And you've got you've got to start from the bottom. I, I know a lot of people, including myself, jumped into this sort of hacking realm, thinking you can do it without having any of the basic knowledge. And I think most people figure out pretty quickly that you you have to take a step back and sort of get those basics down. Yeah, and that's where I think even the CompTIA search are really handy. Uh, I know there's been a lot of conversation just online about like the A+, Network+, Security+. I think they're solid, especially just a good starting point. Uh, there's some people who can jump straight into the OSCP. My my friend Nate, who's actually a pen tester at Rhino with me, that's what he did. So he he just got like his first degree, but actually just had a GED but then knocked out the OSCP. So that's his first ever cert. But I don't, I don't recommend that path. Uh, often it's good to have that foundation. And uh, yeah, I was, I was doing a lot of uh, learning on my own. TCM security came in clutch uh, just for learning ethical hacking concepts. Even for the OSCP, I honestly used TCM security and hacked the box more than like the offsec actual course and, and passed it. So uh, all of those resources really came in handy. But even with my degree, my my bachelor's degree in cybersecurity, cybersecurity is such a large field uh, that it's you don't spend a whole lot of time learning about ethical hacking. I think I had maybe one course where you ran like a Nessus report and found findings, but it's not 
teaching you how to exploit things, how to do proper enumeration. So even though I have a bachelor's in cybersecurity and a bunch of certs that went with it, I didn't really learn good hands-on pen testing, ethical hacking concepts until I did self-study on my own with Try Hack Me, Hack the Box. Those are the, the two biggest platforms that I used. Yeah, try, try Hack Me and Hack the Box, definitely. Um, if, especially if you're a practical learner, you, you definitely want to be using those um, platforms for sure. But um, talking about your certificates, um, I was wondering, um, like, how do you stay disciplined? How did you focus and get that done? Do you have any tips for anyone who's trying to do the same thing? Yeah, uh, a couple of things come to mind. The first thing I would say is just recognize that we're all on our own journeys, right? So we have different uh, capacities, different things we can go for. And I think comparing your journey to another person's journey. So if someone wants to compare their journey to mine or another, like a John Hammond in the world, you know, that's that's uh, a recipe for, for burnout and just exhaustion. And one thing that I don't think is spoken about enough in the world of cybersecurity and even goal setting is the importance of, you know, mental and emotional health especially for those with with a family. So uh, I have a wife and two young kids. And at the end of the day, like this career is not that important. Content's not that important. Jobs aren't that important. So uh, from my perspective, if you succeed in your career, uh, but you fail as a spouse or you fail as a parent, I don't think you're you're truly successful. On the other hand, if you fail at your career, but yo, your kids like actually like being around you, that that's real success there. So I would just, anything I'm going to say about discipline and goal setting, I just want to begin with that that caveat. In the grand scheme of things, uh, make sure you have the main thing, the main thing. With that being said, a lot of my certifications and my goal setting came from a community that I founded called uh, the Work Smarter Discord Community. It actually started with me and my friend Nate, who I mentioned earlier, who's also a pen tester with me. And he was working... Uh, somewhat of an IT support role at another company. And we both wanted to do two things. We wanted to earn the OSCP and we wanted to become pen testers. Now we both live in like a rural area. There are not pen testers. Like people do not know what you're talking about when you say that. And when we heard OSCP, we saw this as some like dream that maybe in 10 years we'd have the experience to get to. But what we did know is the only way to get it is for us to uh, be disciplined and be focused. So we started meeting once a week on Monday nights. This was just over, gosh, I think it was Facebook video, if I remember right. Uh, we would touch base on Facebook video or Zoom. I don't remember which one it was. And we would ask each other two questions. What did you accomplish this past week? And what are your specific learning goals for this upcoming week? And that's what we did. It was just a weekly touch base. Let's stay accountable. And then another person joined that community, my friend Jack, and it grew to like five of us at that time. And we thought, hey, this like Facebook group chat isn't really manageable. Let's just start a Discord just so we have a better place to hang out. And that Discord is now uh, almost 3,000 members. And we offer everything from like free resume review, free mock interviews. Uh, everything's free. I do not sell anything. I even turned off monetization on my YouTube page because I got sick of looking at ads when I was trying to watch something on my own. So like... I make no money from from any of the stuff we're trying to do. There's nothing that's behind a paywall, but the lifeblood of that community is still our weekly goals meeting. So still, I lead a meeting every Monday night at uh, 9 p.m. Central Time, and we still ask every single person those two questions. What did you accomplish this past week? What are your specific learning goals for this upcoming week? And now we have anywhere from 20, uh, I think we've come close to 30 people in those meetings just to talk about goals and personal growth. It's all things IT, but there's a big focus on pen testing just because that's my passion and my background. So I think I've gathered some other people 
who are passionate about that. So a really long answer to your short question would be community is important. You cannot do this on your own. And if anyone's listening, this is looking for a community, uh, come join, join the work smarter community. Come hang out with me on Monday nights and uh, let's, let's achieve our goals together. No, absolutely, man. It's a, it's an honorable thing you do in there with the work smart community, but no. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, definitely get to the work smart community. How can people find that Tyler? Yeah. So you, if you go to any of my YouTube videos, you can find it in the description. There's really two communities that I've started that I would encourage people to attend. Uh, the work smarter community is more for general it and more kind of grassroots movement. Uh, the other community I founded once I became a pen tester with Rhino Security Labs as we started a Rhino Security Labs Discord, and that is uh, 100% focused on pen testing, uh, kind of a focus on cloud pen testing, so AWS, GCP, Azure, and resources and research there. And one thing that we do at Rhino that I also help start, uh, we just got done with the first iteration of it, is we offer completely free career services. So uh, what that looks like is on a quarterly basis, we open up an application process, a very small application. And because we're limited on resources, we can only choose one person, but we choose one person. And the person that we choose gets a full resume review by the Rhino Security Labs pen testing team. So every pen tester looks at their resume, provides feedback to help them land a job. And then that person also gets to do a mock interview. Our first uh, person got to do a mock interview with our most senior pen tester, as well as with Ben, who's the CEO and founder of Rhino. And then after the mock interview, we record it. Once again, all the pen testers watch it, provide a written feedback on how that person can improve in order to land a role in the field. And then we send all that information back to them. And once again, Rhino doesn't charge anything. All of that is completely free as a way of giving back to the community. But if someone's interested in that, the Rhino Security Labs Discord would be the place to kind of get that more formal uh, organization who's really a leader in the pen testing field and to hear about cool things like that. So Work Smarter and Rhino are both in the descriptions of like all my YouTube videos. Or if you find me on LinkedIn, you'll be able to see posts about them. But those are the two communities I would encourage people to join. Man, I didn't know that you actually do so much to help people for free as well. That's it's really impressive. I'll share the Discord links um, in our resources for the ITSP website as well for people who might be struggling to find you. We'll do our best to guide them in the right direction, though. Yeah, fantastic. I appreciate that. And the, my passion is uh, is the free. I always emphasize the free part of it because there's, there's, there's far too many uh, people in the LinkedIn world even like influencer, which I'm not really a big fan of that term, but it's like, Hey, you know, pay me however much money a month and I'll be your coach and I'll help you, you know, land your job, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think that can be helpful depending on the person, depending on their background, but Hey, like I'll do that for you for free. And we have a whole community of people and we're not looking to make any money off of you. Uh, I think people who, you know, try to sell themselves in that way, just like, get good at your job, make money that way, right? And help people free. <laughs> That's my vision. That's my goal. So that may rub people the wrong way, but uh, I've just seen too many people get hurt by kind of that, that coachy mentality, paying a lot of money and getting very little in return. So yeah, join us for free. I think um, the whole coaching thing, like you said, I think it's more of like a, seems more like a scam culture to me personally. I'm not like saying this is a fact. But it seems a lot of, you know, yeah, I can help you achieve your goals and all this, but there's tons and tons and tons of them. And, you know, it's impossible to be able to 
work through who's genuine and who's just trying to take your money. So I think there's always resources out there for free. If you're really that interested in, you know, bettering yourself or, you know, getting that dream job, then go out and find these resources because they're out there. You can learn anything on the internet now. Absolutely. And even things like this, right? Networking and just getting to know people on a personal level. Like if you message someone, don't let it always just be like what you want to get out of them. You know, look for ways you can give back to the community. The InfoSec community as a whole is super opening. I know when I even just started YouTube, I had like, I think less than 100 subscribers on my YouTube channel. And I've always been a big fan of this guy named John Hammond, right? Everybody knows who John is. And I thought I should just email the dude and be like, hey, could we ever talk? Uh, w- would love to just sit down with you. And like, he actually got back to me and, and he was the first person I ever interviewed on my YouTube channel was John Hammond out of all people. And then I've been able to interview uh, like Heath Adams, you know, leader of TCM security, uh, some of the bigger names like that. Zach also from TCM security and all very, very gracious, very willing to give. And like, none of them were like, yeah, but Hey, give me $500 and I'll be on there. Like all free. I haven't had to pay anyone anything. It's been incredible just getting to know how giving and generous people are, but it begins with being part of those communities and being willing to give back in return. Now for sure. The, the InfoSec security is one of the most welcoming communities I've ever come across. And I'm the same. I feel the same talking to you, Tyler. Like, I can't believe I get to speak to people like you and InfoSec Pat and like my mentor, uh, Jason. And like these people are just willing to come and, you know, share their knowledge and share their advice for free. And it's, it's great, man. Yeah. And shout out to InfoSec Pat. He was one of my first interviews as well. Uh, am uh, somewhat, somewhat good friends with him. I think he, his background is like, he went from an electrician to a hacker, if my memory serves me right. Cause I think that's what I called the YouTube video that we did. And, uh, yeah, once again, a really solid example of someone who's continually always giving back to the InfoSec community and not not asking for much in return. Yeah, no, he said as well, he's like, I don't do this for money. He said, he said I'd rather have 10 people who actually watch my videos than have 50 million people who don't watch and it's just sort of for clickbait, you know. So he's, he's, he's not interested in the money, even though Pat's great. He's a, he's a man's man for sure, like... <laughs> Yeah, I had a really good chat with him. But um, considering that you have all these um, projects going on, um, do you, have you ever struggled with like procrastination or do you have any advice for people who do sort of struggle with getting these things done? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I think procrastination, I mean, there's there's so many things that can go behind it. Uh, one part of it can be really fueled by anxiety. And that's where I would once again, emphasize the the mental health and, and personal uh, well-being side of it. When I was leaving the church world and the world of pastoral ministry, I, I shared when I was talking about that, just how I was burnt out on dealing with people, dealing with conflict, dealing with division, and actually spent quite a bit of time in professional therapy, uh, getting healthy myself. And I think that's really paid off dividends in my personal life, but even as I've pivoted to cybersecurity and pivoted to pen testing, it's it's paid a lot off. So when it comes to that, there's often an underlying factor of anxiety. The reason you don't start something is as soon as you look at it, it's just way too overwhelming. And you can read a bunch of books, you can read a bunch of ways of how to set goals, how to make them small and manageable and specific, whatever you want to do. But there's such a strong disconnect from 
your mind to your actions if you do not address the underlying factors. So uh, kind of a weird way to answer that question. But the one thing I would encourage people to do is like, you know, therapy is is for everyone. Uh, mental health is for everyone. Just like we go to a doctor for regular checkups, you should go to a therapist for regular checkups as well. So if you're struggling with something like that, uh, maybe begin there because there might be a root cause that's undiagnosed uh, that you need to address first. So that would be step one that I would encourage people to do. Step two, the one thing I talked about a little bit is just the importance of community. It's one thing to say to yourself, yeah, I had this goal, but I did not reach the goal. It's a lot more awkward to say that every single week to another group of people. And they're like, yo, like, what are you doing differently? And that's a question I'll ask in our weekly goals meeting. If you did not reach your previous goals week, your previous week's goals, uh, what changes are you making to your discipline? What changes are you making to your schedule so you can better reach those goals? So that would be a, a question to diagnose. What changes do you need to make so that you reach your goals? All of us have the same exact 24 hours in a day, right? So John Hammond has the same 24 hours in a day as I do as the person listening to this does. So like if he can accomplish all the things he can accomplish, you can as well, but it does take discipline. It does take focus. And I, I think it also does take a really deep and strong passion for this field as a whole. Uh, I work in this field during the day. I get off work, hang out with my kids, hang out with my wife. They go to bed and then like I'm back on my computer uh, hacking stuff and doing stuff for fun. Just created my first try hack me box, which you could even chat about. That's like hot off the press uh, that will be released in the near future. But like to me, it's life giving. I, I do these things because I really do enjoy them. They're life giving to me. I love solving these problems. So that's the other part of it. If you really cannot reach your goals, if you cannot get that cert, if you cannot uh, complete that try hack me learning path, you honestly might need to ask yourself the question, is this career for me? Especially pen testing. Pen testing is kind of the sexy field. Everybody wants to get into it. But I don't think people understand what it's like to actually be a pen tester and the continual drive for learning and research that's there and the communication ability that's there. A lot of things people don't think about. They just hear, hey, I get a hack stuff. Sounds like fun. Sign me up. But they don't consider everything that goes into it. So my final question, maybe it's not for you. You have to ask yourself, honestly, is this a career for me or am I just drawn to it because I saw some YouTube personality say how cool it is to hack stuff? No, that's a great point you made there about is it for me? I've I've only been in this sort of like field and community for a year. I, I I'd never even touched hacking or heard of Kali Linux when I started twelve months ago, and um, you know it was sexy for me as well. But then I actually I got into it and I was like, no, I actually really enjoy this, man. Like I could sit here all day doing this, and I sort of I noticed people who sort of come in and they 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 sort of want in the job. They just want the job as a pen tester. They're like, someone please hire me or something, but then they, they sort of disappear. I've seen so many people, you know, disappear, like sort of off the face of LinkedIn. So I think it's really important to make sure it is what you want to do. Advice that I'd give anyone is try loads of things. Like I've tried to be a music producer, a personal trainer, a gardener, a scaffolder. I've, 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 done, I've done it all. So, so when I found this one and, you know, I'd get up at two o'clock in the morning to start doing try hack me before I went to work. And I think if you actually can get up early in the morning to do something, then I think you might be on the right track for it. But if you're procrastinating and you sat on your phone, I'm like, oh, yeah, I might hack later. Then maybe, maybe you're better at being on your phone than 
or you enjoy being on your phone more than you'd be um, on Try Hack Me, for instance. <laughs> so that's your background's really interesting. I'm I, so I got a question for you. I'm gonna throw it back at you. Uh, what I've noticed when it comes to ethical hacking is the importance of consistency day in and day out, right? It's the it's the very small steps you take each day that pay off big time. Now, from your background as a personal trainer, I have to assume that's that's very similar, like a very similar mentality. Uh, how, have you noticed that, right? The consistency that pays off and in personal training, did you also notice there's a lot of people who didn't have that consistency? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's the same as going to the gym. You try and get people to come with you, for instance, and they they might last a week, they might last a day, or they might last two years. I think that goes for any field, like especially the scaffolding. We'll get like some new blood in, and scaffolding's a really tough job. It, it's really mentally demanding, physically demanding. It makes you face all your fears all in one day. And there's there's always three types of people. There's the ones who don't make it through the day. There's the ones who don't make it through the the week. And there's the ones who don't make it through the year. But then there's the ones that never leave. So there's four types. That's fascinating. And I always tend, I always tend to be the type that I don't stop until until I actually get bored of something. If if I decide, do you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. For instance, with this podcast, this is this has really swamped me with you know sort of learning how to speak to people because like I suffer with imposter syndrome and you know I struggle with performing in front of people as well. So like as soon as that camera goes on, I get nervous and stuff, and then my mind sort of wanders. So I found this as like, a, but I see that as a challenge that I have to accept if that makes sense. So like when something's like fearful or I feel like I can't do something, I have to, that, that, that's telling me to do it basically. That's such a good mentality, even with imposter syndrome. Uh, also something I struggle with, I think it's something everybody, everybody struggles with. It's just that for those listening who, who maybe don't have a definition for it, would be curious how you would define it. I would say imposter syndrome is just the feeling that eventually you'll be found out as a fraud, right? You don't know as much as uh, you put on and everybody else around you knows way more than you do. A uh, huge struggle for me. Is that also how you would define it? Uh, how, how I define imposter syndrome is more, I can't do this. I, like I'll find myself doing something. I'll be like, I made this document and um like the it was the the design process that I found difficult, and I was about halfway through, and I was like, I can't do this. I was like, this is a bad idea. This this probably isn't even going to work. And then, but now I've sort of realised once I start getting those feelings, I'm just at the gate of success. I'm just about to walk through it. So I go, no, right, I'm finishing it. Whether it's going to be terrible or not, or people are going to hate it, you know, I'll just make it anyways. And usually. 10, 10 out of 10 times, it ends up being, a, the more I feel threatened by it, the, the more successful the product seems to be. That is awesome. And even my experience with the OSCP, like with the Offsex uh, whole tagline, which I'm sure everybody's aware of is the whole try harder uh, mentality, which can lead to a lot of very unhealthy places. But even on my exam, uh, that's where I was at. So I shared this in, in a video I made, I think I, it's called like how I passed the OSCP in eight hours or something. It's one of my most popular videos. Uh, but five hours into the exam, I was completely stuck. 
Uh, I did not have, so you can get bonus points on the OSCP. The way you get bonus points is you have to go through all of their course and do all these practice exams, or not practice exams, practice like labs. But the lab infrastructure, at least when I went through it, I think they've improved it now, was like beyond buggy and it was driving me absolutely crazy. So that's why I was like, screw it. I don't need your 10 points. I'll, I'll do this myself. But to pass without 10 points, you have to complete the Active Directory uh, machines and the active directory portion of it is you have two machines that are kind of like clients and servers, and then you have a domain controller. So the only way you can get AD points is you have to complete the full attack chain. If you pwn two of the machines, but don't get the third one, you get zero points. The AD is 40 points. You cannot pass without the AD. So the first five hours I was stuck on just getting a dang foothold in the AD and uh, came upstairs, told my wife, yo, uh, I'm changing my jobs again. Like I told you, I'm going to cybersecurity. I'm done with this crap. Like I, I, that I really struggled with imposter syndrome. Then I was like, I, I cannot, I cannot even complete this dang exam. I'm going to fail the OSCP with zero points. How the heck have I studied this long, uh, to get zero points, came back downstairs and decided to stop doing AD and just do one of the standalone boxes, which I rooted in like, I don't know, 30 minutes. And that gave me like the boost of confidence, went back to AD, saw what I was missing, and then completed the exam really in three hours. Because the first five hours, I had nothing. And the last three hours, I got to 80 points and uh, wrote my report all within the first like 24 hours. So you get 24 hours to take the exam, 24 hours to write the report. I took the exam, wrote my report in the first 24 hours and made the proctor watch me as I wrote my report and turned it in uh, all on that same day. But just showing that like when you're at that barrier and you feel like you cannot keep moving forward, I, I disagree with you that that's often the spot where uh, you need to keep going. Um, one one other interesting aspect about me is I box. So I started as a, as a hobby for fitness and uh, now I spar. So I'll spar with some boxers and MMA fighters. I don't compete at least not yet. Would love to one day, but one of my boxing coaches says, if you can't fight tired, you can't win fights. And I think that's true about life. It's not about not getting tired. It's about learning how to fight tired. It's about learning how to wake up at 2 a.m. or doing a podcast at 4 a.m. I, I still don't know how you're doing that. But right, if you can't fight tired, you can't win fights. It applies to all of life. No, that's absolutely true. And it's, um, yeah, I didn't know you were doing boxing. I, um, I, found, I, found, I found the most successful people in this world, they... You know, they have a level of fitness. Well, fitness usually seems to be the main thing. Like for me, if I wasn't speaking to you this morning, I'd be at the gym with my friend who's trying to be a personal trainer. But I have to, I've had to take a little bit of time off to juggle some things. But I think certain, certain things like going to the gym or going to the boxing gym, like for me, I, I get a cold shower every day. Like after I've had a you know, normal shower or whatever, I always have to hit it on cold. And it doesn't matter how many times you do that, man, it, your brain will still be like, please don't, please don't do this to me. <laughs> but once you can get past that, no, just do it. Once you can flip that switch. Like, so for instance, when you were like, I can't do this with the AD stuff with the OSCP, you, you obviously just flicked the switch and went, no, right, I'm doing this. And you have to be able to like flip that part of your brain off to carry on. I think that's literally where success lies. I think not, not an exact number, but I think about 90% of people who don't make it give up. They didn't fail because they weren't smart enough or they, you know, they just like, like they say, you just didn't try hard enough. 
Yeah, no, that's that's so good. There was a great philosopher, right, named Mike Tyson. He said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. So the whole goal is like, you're going to get punched in the face. Can you continue with your plan after you're punched in the face, after you're discouraged, after you're just exhausted? Can you keep moving forward? And if if not, you know, like, I, I think what you've done and honestly what I've done a little bit as well is like, yo, just pick a different career. Uh, <laughs> careers don't have to be forever. I think I'm going to be in pen testing for a long time just because it satisfi- satisfies so many of my curiosities and my hunger for research and uh, content creation. I love communicating, of course, so it satisfies a lot of that. But heck, I don't know, maybe like in, in five years, 10 years, I'll just like pick a different career and see what happens and pick a different career after that. Uh, the, the thing that I learned in therapy is we are not defined by what we do, right? It's a lot more important about who we are becoming, not, not what we are doing. And if we are becoming a better person, the person we need to be, career stuff will follow. It's, it's not the the main point, but that perseverance is, is who you're becoming, right? No, it all, it all starts within, doesn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't matter what your career is. If you're a doctor or a lawyer, it it's really about who you are. You know, there's, there's bad pen testers, there's good pen testers, you know, there's, there's, there's good and bad in all sorts of things. So I think it's really important to look after yourself, be good to yourself, and then you can go out into the world and be a good person. I, I have a friend and he, he asked me about following his passions. He said his passion is writing and speaking, but he kind of fell back onto IT and cybersecurity. And I said to him, I said, listen, passions are a lie. I said, I said, trust me. I said, I've had plenty of them. I said, what you really need to focus on is just doing what's in front of you. You know, so if you're doing IT now and you're doing cybersecurity, because that's what you have to do to provide for your family, then just do it the best you can. And eventually something will change. Like me doing this podcast, you know, I was writing documents, going through Try Hack Me stuff and TCM security stuff. And then all of a sudden they said, hey, do you want to do a podcast? I thought about it. I thought this is going to take up all my time and I'm going to stop learning penetration testing. But then obviously something clicked and I thought, no, hang on. I can speak to people like Tyler. I get, I'll get to speak to people like InfoSec Pat and I can pick their brains on how they work around things. I said, no, this could be a fantastic learning experience for me, in fact. So I just completely moved from doing that to doing this. And I'm sure eventually something else will come along and I'll stop doing this. And I have no hard feelings about that. I'm not trying to find the perfect, I've spent my whole life trying to find the perfect job or what's going to make me happy as a career. And it doesn't actually exist, man. The, the happiness is within you, especially when you have a child as well. You realize that that's probably the most happiest thing that will ever happen to you. Yeah, it is. It's, that's key. And that's, that's one of the things I try to emphasize. I saw uh, gosh, a post on LinkedIn that said like burnout's not real, you know, work 80 hour weeks because that's how you're going to reach your goals. And uh, you you might reach your goals, but I think far too many kids have been sacrificed on uh, this altar of success, right? Where people are super successful in their careers. Maybe they make a lot of money and they justify it by saying, I'm providing for my family. But what kids really need, especially young kids, I don't have teenagers, so I have a, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Right? What, what they need is your time, and they need your presence, and they need you to stop looking at your stupid phone and your computer screen and just like talk to them and like write chalk on the ground. It's very simple things, but it's things that so many of us uh, 
overlook because they don't have a clear payoff. When it comes to try hack me or hack the box, the clear payoff is you just completed a room. You just completed a learning path. When it comes to a job, the payoff is a promotion or a better bonus. Uh, when it comes to kids, the payoff isn't as obvious right away. So I think we tend to neglect it, even though that that is by far more important than everything else. So no, you're, you're right on point. That's, that's where happiness comes from. It doesn't come from the sweet try happy learning path. There's joy there, right? There's, there's adrenaline there. Like one, one time in a, in a pen test, I got like a shell on a system. I felt like I was doing a CTF like that. There was a sense of adrenaline there. Uh, but that, that'll eat you up. And, and that will cause you to neglect the things that really do matter in life. Yeah. I've, um, I've experienced the adrenaline. I've had a, a few chats with friend, friends about the, the, the rooting, the root and shell adrenaline you get. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's there's not too many feelings like it, whether it's in the in the real world on a CTF on a box that you're stuck on, like especially when you've been stuck for a long time. And then you're like, who am I? And you get a user back. There's there's not too many feelings like it. It's a nice adrenaline rush. It reminds me of of boxing. Like I must be an adrenaline junkie. Same with boxing. Uh, Boxing is just a blast that moving around in a ring and and duking it out with another person but in an effort to improve each other but just the adrenaline that's there and the adrenaline of sitting in the computer and saying who am i and getting a user back the, the same type of adrenaline you're not getting hit in the face with the second one though so it's probably healthier i was, I was gonna say there's nothing quite like getting hit in the face is there? <laughs> <laughs> no. it's a it's a rush yeah. man <laughs> absolutely Hey, um, since uh, like I know you're you're big on community, I'm I'm trying my best, you know, to help individuals as well. And when I did the little um, hack the box competition to sort of get some feedback on who people wanted to listen to, I I promised the people who they chose they could ask some questions. And there was only one guy called Mark who got back to me, and he had a couple of questions uh, personally to him. If you'd be, be okay to answer them, is that all right? Yeah, let's yes. let's do it. Yeah, man. So um, this is Mark Demores. And he's asking you, how often would you recommend one do certs while pursuing a three-year degree in cybersecurity? Mm. So the one thing I would encourage them, depending on where they live, if they're in the States, they could go to WGU. And then it's not either or, it's both and. Uh, all the certs are included in the degree program. That's what I did. And I think it, it really just paid off because it would have been tough to do both. If that is not an option for them, they have to decide what their end goal is. If their end goal is to be a pen tester, I would tell them ditch the degree. Degrees are not important in the world of pen testing. I know at least the company I work for, if you apply to be a pen tester at Rhino, we literally do not care what degree you have. You have a PhD in cyber operations. We don't care about that. We care, can, can you hack stuff? And one of the best ways to prove that you can hack stuff is certifications and the specific search that you should pursue to be a pen tester are hands-on search. So um, like the pen test plus through CompTIA is good, but the downside is it's almost all multiple choice. Where on the other hand, like something like the EJPT, the OSCP, the PMPT, there's no multiple choice. It's like either you can hack or you cannot. And that's going to be the defining moment, at least at that point in your career. So that's how I'd answer it. What's your end goal? If your end goal is pen testing, ditch the degree and go for search degrees aren't that important if your end goal is to be on the blue team which is where i came from uh, and the blue team actually pays more uh i like i took a pay cut to become a pen tester but pen testing is is more fun but if your goal is to be on the blue team 
the degree is almost more important than the certs. And I think the reason for that is the blue team is often in much larger larger organizations. I used to work at a, a large bank and there, like the HR filter is you need a degree in whatever field. Often it doesn't even matter the field, but just to get your foot in the door, you need a degree. So blue team pursued the degree over the certs. Red team ditched the degree and pursued the certs, specifically the hands-on certifications. Your know, that answers is um, second question as well, because he was saying, is it too optimistic to expect the pen testing job if one has both a degree in cybersecurity and a few certs like the OSCP? So what you're saying is if he just pursues things like the OSCP, then that's probably going to be enough to get him a job as a pen tester down the road. Absolutely. And like I, I say that as someone who has the degree as well uh, and the certs, but now that I'm in pen testing, just seeing what actual pen testing companies are looking for, the OSCP will be good enough to get you to the interview. But just because it gets you to the interview does not mean that you'll get the job. What I would encourage him or anyone else to do If you want to become a pen tester, first recognize everybody wants to become a pen tester. How are you going to stand out from everyone else? The way I stood out is I made a YouTube channel. And uh, all I did on my YouTube channel, kind of like what you were doing as you were first learning, is I was just going through Try Hack Me Learning Pass. But I would just live stream myself as I did it. And I was very clear with people then, and I'm clear to people now, like, I am not an expert. I I am not the big names on YouTube. But let's just struggle through it together. And what I noticed where my content resonated with people is there's so many walkthroughs for different machines on Try Hack Me or Hack the Box. But it's like a 15-minute walkthrough and you're left wondering, like, how the heck did you come to that conclusion? But they don't show us the four hours of them stumbling and throwing their keyboard at the wall. Uh, But that's what I do. Like, when I stream, I do not prep ahead of time. We just jump into a box live and, like, cry together as we do it. But I've been doing that from the beginning. And the reason I started that is, I want to be a pen tester. I didn't have any experience being a pen tester, but I figured if I make YouTube videos while I learn, this is a digital portfolio and it demonstrates to employers two things. One, I can learn new technologies fast, which is required to be a pen tester. And two, it demonstrates communication skills, which is also required. Uh, As a pen tester, you're going to be doing two big things of communication on an almost weekly basis. I spend like on a five-day assessment, five-day pen test, I'll do four days of hacking. And the last day is always dedicated to report writing. We're creating a report that's anywhere from, you know, 20 to 30 pages long for the client, demonstrating the vulnerabilities we found, the steps we did to exploit them, and remediation steps. And then we're doing a debrief with the client. And what that consists of is jumping on Zoom. I will share my screen and I'll walk the client step-by-step through the report, sharing the vulnerabilities that I found, how I exploited them. And then you're answering questions from the client who may not be as technical and you're trying to help them understand those questions. Streaming on Twitch has been the best prep I have ever done for doing debriefs and communication and pen testing because you're already explaining stuff on the spot and and researching as you go. Um, So get OSCP. Start creating content. If you're comfortable talking, start a YouTube channel, start a podcast, start a GitHub, share your scripts there. Uh, put yourself out there. I know the other side of that is OPSEC. Like, uh, my real name is my YouTube name. Like, you can Google Tyler Ramsby and probably find a bunch of information about me. So, I always figured, like, you can't dox me if I'm not hiding my identity, but that's probably a pretty bad philosophy. So it is something that someone does have to figure out on their own. 
uh, you can't really have a personal brand and also practice OPSEC. So you do have to kind of choose one or the other if you're trying to land that initial job as a pen tester, if that makes sense. I know that's something that people struggle to balance. I've just gone with the, I'm going to put myself out there and, and, and share who I am and hope nothing bad happens. And so far, so good. And hopefully it stays that way. No, I have to totally agree with you. The the creating content, and it doesn't have you don't have to create, I don't know, some marketable product of yourself. All all I was doing was I was learning stuff, I was taking notes, I was posting the notes up just to keep track and sort of, you know, show people that I'm putting in the effort. So I think I think to Mark, um I don't know if you're already doing it, Mark, but anything you learn, and it doesn't have to be YouTube, it can be written word. That's how I started doing it because you know, I didn't like going on camera. I, I didn't like speaking to a microphone. I'm, I'm getting better as days go on. But even just like writing down what you've done and then, you know, posting it up so people can look at it, you know, make sure it helps people, obviously. Don't just, there's just so many people who are like, oh, I got this certificate and oh, I did this and I passed that. It's, but it's not actually giving any value to people. I think you have to give value. If you're going to create content or post anything, it should add some value to people at least especially if you want people to pay attention, for sure. I think that answers his final question as well, because he was asking, um, what's the best way to jumpstart a career in penetration testing? Like, should he, how much should he grind or study? But I think the main point is to just put yourself out there. If you're just studying in the dark on your own, like you used to do YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. I always remember that, man. <laughs> it was like, who's that guy? Is, this, is there someone actually there? I can see a pair of eyes and some teeth. <laughs> You really helped me out, though. You really helped me out. I can't remember what Try Hack Me Box it was, but I was stuck, and you were the only guy who'd made any content on it. <laughs> I love it. Was it like one of the AD networks or something else? I'm trying to think of which. It could have been. I know I, I'm 100% sure it was on the Red Team and uh, Pathway, which was which was AD. Yeah, it, it probably was. But, man, yeah, you saved my bacon. I remember that. That was the first time I ever saw you. I should get you in touch with uh, Amoeba Man. So he is the one who created all the AD networks on Try Hack Me and the recent Red Team Capstone. A uh, super good friend of mine, but I met him by streaming those networks. And he like joined Twitch and was like helping me with it. And I was like, how does this dude know everything? And I realized he was the one who created it. So he has served as a huge mentor of mine through this whole journey and helped me create uh, my first Try Hack Me box and kind of... Uh, was my sounding board when I once again told him like, I quit, this is too confusing over and over again. Uh, and he basically just told me to, you know, get over myself and, and keep, keep working on it. But I interviewed him on YouTube, I think twice or maybe three times, but really cool guy, but he's a creator of all those, all those networks and super approachable. That's wicked, man. Can you send me a connect when we're done here just so I can link up with him? Yeah. Yeah. I know he's a little, uh, he doesn't use his real name often, at least like in this way, but on LinkedIn, it's all of his real stuff. And I know he'll be comfortable with me sharing. So yeah, I'll send you over his like legit LinkedIn profile and just let him know that I, I sent you his way. That's sweet, man. And just to close up for Mark. So basically what you're telling him to do is if he wants to be a penetration tester, don't worry too much about the degree, focus on the certs like the OSCP and document your journey, you know, create content of what you're learning and stuff so people can actually see what you're doing it gives a bit of proof of concept doesn't it so i hope that helped mark i hope that helps mark and then um, thank you for your questions as well yeah and mark the only thing i would add for him is th the importance of community i know i've hyped on it a few times but it's 
it is really important. It's cheesy, this saying that's not what you know, it's who you know, but it, it's so true, especially getting to pen testing. I think I don't have statistics to prove it, but from my experience, most people who get hired at a pen testing firm are because someone at the pen testing firm knows them and personally recommends them. And that's how you bypass all the silly HR stuff. No, man, that's um, that's true in any any walk of life. If you if you if if no one knows who you are, then how do you expect them? How do you expect to compete with people who are putting themselves out there? Yeah, you, 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 it, 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 there, there is um, you know, it is sort of player versus player, especially when trying to get a position in a company. You're always going to be up against another opponent, and you have to be doing something that stands out. If you if you've only got a piece of paper with I don't know a job history and some certifications on it, it might not be enough if everyone else has got the certifications as well. But they're also building communities, and you know they have lots of friends already at the company and stuff like that. They're, these guys are always going to win. So putting yourself out there and really wanting it is definitely of high importance. So um, Tyler, before I get off with you, man, um, I'll ask you some sort of out of the box questions if that's all right. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, man. So, hey, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself when you were just starting your career? Oh, man, if I could go back in time, what advice would I give myself? So it's not that far away or far ago. It would be 2020. So, like, three years ago, at least when I was starting my my IT career, the advice I would give myself... I would say your goals and your dreams are a lot closer than you think, right? It's that silly thing on a mirror, you know, objects are closer than they appear or whatever that silly saying is on like a car mirror. I would tell that to myself just to encourage myself because when I started, although I wanted to be a pen tester, even told my wife I wanted to be a pen tester, I really saw it as a pipe dream. I didn't think I would actually become a pen tester. I viewed it as like, you know, people want to be in the in like professional football or people want to be a famous musician or an actor. Like, cool goal, but it's not going to happen. That's how I view pen testing. But like, yo, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And that would be the encouragement I would give myself. It really is possible to, to, to land that role and to be able to hack stuff for a living. Yeah, I think it's really important that um, people understand that, you know, for, it can, you can go a year, two year and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden it's going to happen all at once. I think that's the, that's closer than you think. Like you could wake up tomorrow and your whole life's changed because of all that hard work you've been putting in. It, I don't think it's something that happens gradually. It happens all at once. I think that's why it feels so close. So, um, before we get off, man, um, I wanted to ask you like, so what's, what's the future looking like for Tyler? Like, have you got any sort of projects coming up or things that you are, you know, working forward in, in the future? You mentioned Try Hack Me or anything like that that you want to share with the community? Yeah. So probably the biggest thing people will see in the near future is I have just released, it's out for beta testing right now, so it's not public, but my first uh, Try Hack Me room, I've rated it as a medium and it's all based on original research done by the Rhino Security Labs team that we've seen in the real world. So less CTFE and uh, more realistic, but just like setting up a server and making it intentionally vulnerable, but in only one way has been really difficult and has taught me a lot. So I have like a web server running, a bunch of different services running. I don't want to give uh, too much away, but right now, if anyone wants to beta test it, if you join the WorkSmarter community, I dropped the private link as an announcement 
uh, for beta testing. So I think I have like 70 people in the room right now. I just released it to like break it and hack it and see if there's any unintentional pass. When I initially released it, it was on Windows Server 2012 and I didn't patch anything. And uh, someone's like, hey, I got Eternal Blue and they pwned the machine in an unintentional way. Now it is patched and it's Windows Server 2019. And so none of those easy ways are going to work, but I'm sure there's still unintentional ways. And even the way to attack it is uh, pretty unique, I think. So that my first try hacking machine will be coming out soon. The way that process works is once I'll probably do one more week of beta testing with people, then I'll submit it to try hack me for QA. And that takes about one to two months for QA. And then try hack me will release it as like an official machine on their platform and in discord and on their social media, and it will be live there. So it's called CyberLens. So when you see CyberLens, give it a shot. I uh, would love to know what, what people think about the machine. Hopefully you'll see that on TryHackMe in one to two months. So that's one one big project coming up. Uh, the other thing is just more content creation. So I usually I live stream on Wednesday nights. Uh, I didn't stream tonight just because I had the honor of doing this. But most Wednesday nights you can find me on Twitch, and then you can find uh, those recordings on YouTube, as well as smaller videos that I do occasionally about cybersecurity and pen testing. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And my goal now, like my goal before, if you would have asked me this uh, eight months ago, I would have said, I want to be a pen tester. Now I'm a pen tester. I don't really have career goals. Besides, now I really want to focus on giving back and helping out the rest of the community and kind of kind of be that person that I wish was in the community when I was trying to get into pen testing, who was willing to help and share kind of real life what it's like to be a pen tester, not uh, clickbait YouTube titles about hacking crazy things by people who have never been a pen tester one day in their life, but they're really good at marketing themselves on YouTube. So they make money that way, right? Having a a real voice in the field who's willing to talk. Uh, So I'm trying, I'm trying to be that voice. And you know what? You're not the only person to say that Tyler about now I've achieved my goals. All I want to do is help people. And I think anybody out there, like Mark, for instance, who like really wants to become a pen tester, the, the, the end goal for you and everyone else is always going to be, now I want to give back. So I think maybe start by giving back. Even if you don't have much knowledge to share, you know, I, I, I started giving back to this community, I think within a couple of months of starting cybersecurity. I, I didn't know nothing. I was just learning. So I think if you start start giving back now and you'll, you'll get to where you want to be a lot quicker because... You know, now you're a penetration tester. Now you want to give back. Maybe just start off with giving back. Look, look for opportunities to help people wherever you can, and not just in cybersecurity in any walk of life. the The gift of giving is um is the one that always gives back. And and I just want to say, I just want to say as well, Tyler, you you've heard it here. If you want to try try the beta test of um, Tyler's try hack me box, um, go over to his work smarter and discord and there's going to be a link in there you should be able to find it no problem so you've actually reached john hammond level then haven't you once you create this box (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's what i that's my always running joke ever since i interviewed him i'm like uh any so what (laughs) one one funny story i had my first like public speaking thing about cybersecurity at a really small technical college and i talked about how to become a pen tester right and i was so so happy about that i posted a picture of me speaking to like 
30 college students. And the same day, John Hammond posts a picture of him speaking to like some major conference in Italy. Right. So I know, I know John Hammond is jealous of me. And so he's always trying to like compare and contrast with me, but no, I'm not, not to his level yet. He's super humble, super approachable guy, but like dude is like borderline genius. Uh, I heard in another podcast, uh, someone was talking about when you get into cybersecurity, find what you're really good at and focus on that one thing. Don't try to be good at everything. And then uh, the other person was like, well, what about John Hammond? It's like, well, he's a special case. Like very, very few people can be a wizard at everything. John Hammond is one of them. Um, I'm like, when you see those memes uh, where you try to get a toy at a store and your parents says, we have that at home. I'm like the John Hammond you have at home, the budget dollar general version of John Hammond. So we'll <laughs> we'll see where it ends up. Maybe I'll make it to Walmart version John Hammond in like a year. Yeah, me and um, me and InfoSec Pat made a good point about John Hammond because, um, like he'd be said as well, he's a genius. And I remember coming across his stuff, and I said how it kind of put me off at first because I thought there's no way I'm going to be as good as this guy. You know, when I was starting out, I said, "No matter, I could do this for a hundred years, and I still wouldn't be able to do what this guy does." But then I also explained that it's important to take a step back and think, I'm not John Hammond, I'm, I'm Frankie Thomas. So I need to sort of figure out what I was doing yesterday. Did I do better today? And am I going to do better tomorrow? We sort of put it in the sense of, you know, when you go to the gym, you can't like compare yourself to the guy who's lifting 300 pounds, you know, because he weighs 300 pounds. <laughs> so it's, um, I think it's really important that I'll stress it again on this show that don't compare yourself to people, especially John Hammond, because uh, yeah, it's a very, it's a very large hill to climb. Oh man, yeah, that's an understatement. Most likely never ending. Yep. <laughs> good advice. Good wisdom. I won't, I won't hold you any longer, Tyler. As you said, you've um, you've give up uh, commitments to come here and join us, and I appreciate that. But um, just just one final thing before you go: if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, I know you've already given us plenty of great advice already. But um, what would it be? Yeah. One piece of advice. All right, I'll, I'll give my, my Yoda saying. Uh, it's more important who you're becoming than what you are doing. I think if I have one theme I want to sound to the InfoSec community, it would be that. It's more important who you're becoming than what you are doing. Your career is not that important. Your job is not that important. Your goals are not that important. Please make sure you prioritize the things in life that actually matter and then focus on all these other things secondary. It's beautiful, Tyler. And it's a, it's a big point, especially for people with families. Uh, like I can, I can sometimes get sort of, you know, caught up in my work and, you know, and maybe neglect my partner's feelings or things she asks me to do. And I've really started to find like a separation. I spoke to a guy and he said the way he deals with it is separation. When you work, you work. And when you're at home with your family, you're at home with your family. So good. So good. It's really important to separate that stuff. Because it'll only lead to regret for sure. Like you said, you, you'll get over a job. You'll get over, you know, your goals because they'll pass. But your family isn't going to pass that. You know, especially your children. Your children are going to be there hopefully till the day you die. So you, you best start investing the majority of your efforts into those. I think that's a great point you made, man. Yeah, spot on. Good, good stuff. So that would be my last piece of advice and exactly what you're saying as well. Really good things for people to consider. 
No, Tyler, you've done, it's been a great interview, to be honest, man. This is why I, this is why I love doing this, because I get to speak to people like you, even though it's first thing in the morning, I'm still trying to finish my first coffee. <laughs> yeah, and it's the end of the day for me. Like, when you messaged me, like, hey, we're still meeting tomorrow, I was so confused. I'm like, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's tonight. And then I was like, oh, shoot, we're like in the opposite sides of the world. So that would, that would make sense. Hilarious. Yeah, man, I can't come back. I come home at like six o'clock after work in the, in the evening. I come home, get shower, have my dinner, straight to bed, and then up at 2 a.m. That's insane, dude. And, and then in an hour, I get picked up and I have to go back to carrying heavy metal all day again. Wow. Yeah, the, the, the trick is don't, don't think, just do. <laughs> Thinking can be your worst enemy sometimes. <laughs> Well, honestly, keep up, keep up the work. That's, that's amazing. That's inspiring. That's encouraging for, for me. So dude, keep it up. I love it. Yeah. yeah thank you, man. I'll, uh, I'll try my best for sure. So yeah, thanks for joining us, Tyler. Um, I'll let you get off, man. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining me. And that folks wraps up another fascinating episode of Hacking Your Potential. We've had the pleasure of delving deep into the world of Tyler Ramsby, exploring his impressive journey, his dedication, and his commitment to inspiring and assisting others in their own path to success. To our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more from individuals like Tyler, breaking barriers and achieving incredible things, do us a favor and hit the like button. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. We've got a lot more inspiring stories and useful insights to share with you. Remember, the key to hacking your potential is perseverance, learning from the best, and never ceasing to strive for your goals. We hope that, just like Tyler, you find ways to inspire and uplift others along your journey. We appreciate your time, your ears, and your passion for growth. Until next time, keep pushing, keep growing, and keep hacking your potential. This is your host, Frankie Thomas, signing off. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hacking Your Potential podcast with Frankie Thomas, part of the ITSP Magazine podcast network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine podcast network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit itspmagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.